Hi, lovely Water Trio listeners. Welcome back. I'm here with my dear friends and colleagues, Cassandra and Kelly, for another fortnight of Astro from the 14th until the 27th of September. So this week we are looking at the new moon in Virgo along with a few other aspects. So who's kicking off this week? I think it might be be the new moon in Virgo. It is the first one. First one, the first cab off the rank. First so who yeah. wants to kick that one off? Astro cab off the rank. Well, okay, sure, I'll dive in. I'm excited about this new moon. <laughs> um, the new moon is happening at 25 Virgo. It is on uh, September 17, Thursday, and I think it's September 17 for Australia, Canada, and the US. So later in the day in Australia, mm-hmm. earlier in the morning in Canada and the US. Everyone. So it's very yeah. late in the sign of Virgo, but it's still got all of that lovely Virgo energy to do with fresh starts and new beginnings. Well, they're the new moon things, I guess, but it's bringing in that Virgo vibe about some organisation, some streamlining, mm-hmm. paying attention to details, like the idea of starting over and adjusting something small that can have a big impact or just can make you feel like, you know, things are moving slightly more efficiently, efficiently with with less speed bumps. And one special extra that I like about this new moon is that the ruling planet of the moon, uh, the new moon is Mercury. And Mercury is in what I would probably describe as a favorable aspect to Jupiter, even though it's technically a square, which when you're learning astrology, you often hear about, you know, squares as being a hard aspect. But when you put Jupiter in a square, you are still getting, I don't know, a sense of opportunity or that idea of looking forward. It might just be the square, Mercury square Jupiter is like you say yes to maybe a few too many things, like you're overconfident or you're feeling like, yes, you've turned a corner and now you want to look forward. And in your enthusiasm, you might just take on a little bit more than you can reasonably manage. It's a little bit of a problem, but it's kind of like one of those good problems to have, if you like. So there's quite um, a bit of kind of nice energy. There's uh, that uh, energy. The Mercury-Jupiter is like maybe things happening, uh, plans being organized, maybe a little bit unrealistic, but still with a level of substance. So the new moon in Virgo plus that Mercury square Jupiter aspect. I'm quite looking forward to that on Thursday the 17th. What about you both? Yeah, look, the new moon in Virgo, I think the other thing that I noticed about it being at 25 degrees of Virgo is it's going to be trine Saturn. And so there is that sense with this that, I don't know, Virgo likes to assimilate it's that that area of the rules that area of the body where we take food in 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 the in the um the intestines and it helps us assimilate things and my feeling is with this it's going to help us assimilate the satin things that have been going on this year you know all the the places where we've faced challenges where we've had to face tests where we've had to push back against things and I don't know, there's this humbleness, this astuteness about Virgo, and it breaks things down into small parts so that we can assimilate more easily. So my sense under this new moon in Virgo is that we can take the time to look at things, kind of bring it down into small packages, and then set in place small practical steps. Because sometimes when something's really big and you're like, oh, it's this big mountain, how the hell am I going to get over the top of this? It's like, if you just look at the step in front of you and just put one foot in front of the next. That's the way to actually climb the mountain rather than trying to look right at the top and say, I'm never going to get up there. So if you can just, you know, 
I feel like Virgo is going to help us kind of break things down and go, okay, I just need to get from here to there. That will be Mm. an achievement. And then once I'm there, I can go forward. So I feel like that's what this new moon is really about. It's like, okay, how can I break things down and so I can step forward without the overwhelm? Yeah. What about you, Cass? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this lunation for a few reasons. Like I love the Virgo new moon just to kind of really refresh and restart, um, decluttering, streamlining, cleaning up, just feeling a little bit, you know, I mean, here in Australia, of course, it's spring. Mm. So it has a real spring clean vibe, whether that's cleaning out the kitchen cupboards, the inbox, your friends list on Facebook, whatever the thing is, it's a very good lunation to really kind of fresh, freshen things up, might be tightening up the diet, it might be you know, cleaning out that room in your home that you you know don't pay attention to. I also really do like that um, square to Jupiter from the new moon rule of Mercury. So you know, happening across seventeen degrees of Libra and Capricorn. So you know, I think this is you know maybe help us. I love the analogies you were using about you know one step to to get to the mountain, and this can also maybe help you like sometimes you know, when you're in something, you can't see beyond it, like the forest for the trees type of thing. And Mm. so if you are in the trenches, if you are, you know, trying to really like get into the minutia or the minute of something, and sometimes we can get lost in, you know, what's all this data or what are we doing Mm. it for or what have you. So the Jupiter piece there can perhaps remind us that there is a greater purpose or a greater meaning to um, you know, once you reach that summit to kind of lend off, you know, um, to bounce off your ideas around that leash, you know, it's that one step at a time, but knowing that there's a, a meaning or a purpose or a, um, or something good at the end. Mm. And sometimes we, you know, Virgo can be, you know, well, the energy of Virgo can be so stuck in a, in something that, you know, they forget why they're doing it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's a really nice piece that you're both saying. Like the energy of Virgo is like the piece by piece, step by step, you know, one step at a time versus the Saturn in Capricorn, which is like the larger ultimate goal. It's like the top of the proverbial mountain. And this mm. new moon is kind of linking the two together. Yeah. Yeah. And then as Cass was saying, that whole Jupiter, like the bigger picture of it all helps mm. us see too what's possible and keep the optimism and the hope in it as well. It's like, I don't know, that buoyancy in the step as we keep going. Yeah. Because it's, it's been a year. <laughs> That's for sure. 2020. Oh, my Lord. Yes. Uh, it has been, it's been a doozy, as we say, down under. Yeah, I think the Mercury <laughs> square Jupiter aspect, I was trying to, like, honour that, you know, Jupiter isn't in great condition in Capricorn, but Mercury is still getting a little bit of a sense of like that, that why or where are you headed? And that's that idea of like a little bit, like the clouds clear for a moment and you, you get a reminder of where you're going or why you're, you're dealing with whatever you're doing. And so sometimes that ability to look forward or to just be reminded can motivate us to keep going in that day to day, like step-by-step, you know, just one day at a time kind of space. Yeah, the higher purpose of it all kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, not just climbing a mountain to climb a mountain, going up to see the view from the yeah. top. Yeah. 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 Lovely leash. That's beautiful. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's Virgo new moon done. And talking about beautiful, I think it's me up with the sun moving into Libra. Oh, well, you are beautiful, Leash, and you're wearing a lovely top today too. I am. I know. Very Um, Libra of you, actually. (laughs) Put on the red lippy too. Uh, All very (laughs) Venus. (laughs) And look... (laughs) I have been pumping the Venus vibes to help kind of deal with Mars lately. So it's definitely been helping, that's for sure. So, yeah, we do have um, the sun moving into Libra. So that is happening on the Tuesday, the 22nd of September, and that's everywhere in the world. So it's late at night here in Australia, like almost midnight. So, yeah, it'll be earlier in the day everywhere else in the world. And this marks the equinox as well. And it Mm. really marks, you know, hey, we're getting to the last quarter of the year. Um, As we were talking in our pre-show chat, it's like, you know, when you get to September and you're starting preparing all your September um, astrology, you're like, okay, let's get on to 2021 already. So this really is that major marker of heading into whatever the, the last quarter of the year will be. And there is this feeling this year of, are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> it's not just the two-year-olds in the back seat asking it, even the mum and dads up front are asking it. Yeah. And I think, you know, and we'll be talking, I think you'll be talking to this in a minute, Kel, about the the cardinal minefield. Um, mm. But I think the beginning parts of the sun in Libra are going to be lovely. You know, there is this coming out of the focus and the discipline and the the humbleness of Virgo, we come into the beauty and the diplomacy and the fairness and the harmony of Libra and that drive to seek balance, that drive to see things from as many points of view as we can. And I love Libra in that it just I don't know, it kind of lightens things up. Who was it? Some Cass, was it you saying what our teacher used to say that, you know, Libra is Aries in a pretty dress, um, but at least it's in a pretty dress. You know, it kind of puts the puts the pretty dress on things and goes out there. It's definitely active and it's definitely that energetic cardinal sign, but its energy is towards Libra and things. It is towards pe- peace. It is towards diplomacy. So there is this sense with this time of year of, okay, where can we bring a little bit of balance to the end of the year um, so that we can meet whatever the end of the year is with just a sense of equanimity, hopefully, um, and hopefully it'll help us find some equanimity in the world too and some equality and equilibrium. All the equal words, <laughs> very liberal. <laughs> very liberal. Um, yeah. So what are you guys thinking about this season it's bitchcraft season. <laughs> Cass's favourite time of year. Her own holiday celebration. Oh, well, trouble for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, that is sometimes the little bit of the Aries flavour that comes in with, with Libra. Like, you know, Aries is just, you know, this is how it is and in your face about it, whereas Libra would just kind of like, <laughs> and say the same thing, but just in a totally different way. And so, you know, but all the points that you said, um, Leash, you know, having the sun in Libra, you know, technically speaking, the sun is not happy to be in Libra. It's in a fallen position. It's also being um, exalted by a very strong Saturn right now. So there is this sense of what's right, what's balanced, what's fair, 
um, the that maybe some of the um, morality concepts around justice and peace with Libra mm. being kind of pushed up against some of the the satin authority and the satin hard lines that you know that are definitely you know sort of trying to be drawn right now. But what I really love about the Libra season is. You know, it's that opportunity to be like, well, okay, if I'm pushing too hard in one direction and I'm getting worn out or I'm, you know, you know being too lazy or, you know, being all Venusian or what have you, then having to come back the other way. And so if it's too much work, okay, come back the other way and and enjoy a little bit of, uh, you know, Venusian pleasures or what have you with family or friends. You know, if you do need to pull your socks up in a certain area of your world, then okay, we've got to rebalance. And I think sometimes balance gets confused. It doesn't have to be 50-50, but what it does have to be is some kind of equal, whether that means, okay, I'm going to do 30% for a little bit and you're going to pull the 70%. Mm. And then that will kind of, you know, you know, the scales just always have a way of, of you know, it comes out in the wash. And so, wherever your Libra house is, that might be, okay, well, you know, that's going to get spotlighted and where do I maybe need to bring a little bit more of that house topic energy for the next four weeks? Yeah, it just always reminds me of the body because I studied biology at uni and um, the homeostasis. There is never Mm. one exact point in the body where it just sits and stays there. It's always this kind of equilibrium and homeostasis around the perfect point. Um, Yeah, but it never stays there very long and it's not meant to because life is changed. But if yeah. the best system is one that doesn't go too far outside the line. So, yeah, and that's, exactly. that's Libra. It just, it's almost like it keeps stucking us back in, keep coming back in. And again. sometimes that's where the truth is, isn't it? You know, yeah. and that's one of the things that Libra looks for is the truth and the mm. fairness. Um, and it's not, and it's always somewhere in the middle, not on his side, her side, or whatever the thing is, it's somewhere, Mm. it's like three sides to every story and Libra is kind of balancing between those two sides to find that happy, um, you know, middle ground, if Mm. you like. Yeah. 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 What about you, Kel? Well, I think you guys have all said some beautiful words and concepts. Um, I think I, well, I totally agree. And especially about the piece of like the rebalancing or the the coming off extremes. So, you know, in Libra, the two, the two planets that have a lot of dignity here, Cass, you mentioned Saturn is exalted in Libra and Venus has rulership here. So some of the qualities of the sign of Libra are about sort of looking to collaborate and connect to work together and to take some of those edges off so that it's not too polarized in one direction or another. And we may see that at a collective level, but I certainly think at a personal level, the idea of trying to meet others in the middle or to actively work towards some sort of agreement or compromise or collaboration, you know, it might be that, you know, you disagree on these things, but can we find a point that we're happy to meet around on these topics? It's sort of that diplomacy and negotiation of how can we find something that we might be able to agree on and move forward with, even if it's not everything everything right now. And the one thing that I'm really happy about with the sun moving into Libra 
is that this is the start of the last astrological quarter of calendar year 2020. So the way that astrologers sort of mark those larger chunks of time is the sun crossing into or out of the cardinal signs. So with the sun Mm. going into Libra, we're starting the sort of the last three-month chunk of time that will be fully, you know, in 2020. And that to me is quite exciting because it has been, you know, a very heavy year. It's been challenging for so many people in so many ways, you know, that were unexpected. And not to say that 2021 is perfect, you know, it's going to be different from 2020. It won't be the same as 2020. It will have its own things. But by the time we get to the next turning point, equinox or solstice, which will be about December 20th, Jupiter and Saturn will have changed signs and left Capricorn for good. And everybody will be very happy about that because that combination (laughs) of planets has been a huge impact on what we've all experienced this year. So this is like, okay, we're not over yet, but we have started the last chunk of time with the current cycles that are around us. So we're still going to get through the next few months, but it's just the next few months. And then we're on to a whole different kind of kettle of fish, you know, a whole different set of planetary placements and cycles and influences. And again, not promising that they will be better, but, you know, something different, which means we can move on from this. So that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to with the sun moving into Libra is that like start of the last bit of 2020. Yeah, because their conjunction, isn't that on the ingress into Capricorn? Isn't that into on the Aquarius? solstice? Yeah, it's right around, like one goes Pretty in much. and the other one comes just a couple of days later and it's it's all around. I'm and not then sure I'm pretty exactly sure they the conjunct yeah. on the 21st, which is, yeah, it's all around when the sun moves into Capricorn and we have that solstice. So, yeah, so it's not totally sure if it's exact different. day, but it's super close and there's just... I don't know. It just feels like such a reset button. So this is really like that, you know, if anyone's ever worked in financial services, that last quarter of the year when all, you know, the last term at school, when you're, you, yep. the end's in sight, things are starting to It's the to start loosen. of the last term. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Like we're, yeah. we're not quite done, but this is the last one for this yeah. year, basically. But it's usually when the fun things happen, the muck up parties happen and, you know, the you're closing everything down. So there is that feeling in this. So... Yeah, I know there's a lot of things happening worldwide in this quarter, so it'd be really interesting to see where we're at this time in three months. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll know what the future holds can, by can then. Can we just Virgo? Can we just Virgo it one step at a time for now? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Take it one month at a time. We've it's got almost- the Libra month, we'll have the Scorpio month and the Sag month, yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. checked. I think this the salt the December solstice is like the 21st, 22nd. So I think Jupiter and Saturn, they'll definitely be in Aquarius whether or not they've made their exact conjunction. I think they will have. So we will have like a 20-year cycle will have ended, a 200-year cycle will have ended. You know, 2020 is a lot about endings. So getting there. And that dance, I think- that dance of Jupiter and Saturn with Pluto, you know, as soon as they get out of that sign – that, that that they're sharing with Pluto. That's what this whole year's been about is the reset mm. of that cycle too. Yeah. Saturn cycle with Pluto and Jupiter's Pl- Saturn a cycle with Pluto. So lots. Bye-bye. <laughs> Can you imagine how amazing New Year's Eve is going to be this year? Well, it depends if or we're not. still social distancing or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 do, I do. But I'll be, I'll be toasting it. I think that lot of alcohol be will be consumed. <laughs> it's my Aquarian husband's perfect New Year's Eve on his own without, away from everybody else. So, oh my God, look at us trying to get forward. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. the moon sign? 
Well, it's a cancer so think, moon. Yeah. Everyone will stay home on New Year's Eve. Yeah, that suits me fine. <laughs> it's a bottle of scotch and Netflix at home. Okay. Sayonara 2020. So, so that's I think you're up next, Oh, right, right. Oh. <laughs> Continuing Mercury with our incredibly minefield. happy news. <laughs> Dripping in sarcasm in case you missed it. Um, Mercury is making a couple of difficult aspects and I've kind of honed in on what I think will be a tough sort of 36 hours or so for Mercury. And this is September 23rd, September 24th, everywhere, I think. Mercury is going to square Saturn on the 23rd. Uh, from 25 Libra to 25 Capricorn. And the next day, Mercury will oppose Mars from 26 Libra to 26 Aries. Now, there are some technical terms that don't have happy names like besiegement or maltreatment that can describe uh, when a planet is moving between two difficult planets. So Mercury moving between Mars and Saturn, which are traditionally known as malefic or, or kind of heavier, hard energies. And Mercury represents uh, deals and arrangements, so business deals, negotiations, planning. Mercury also represents the mind. And some of us are going to be productive because we're just going to like feel so worried about something that needs to be done, an editing project, a writing project, a planning thing, that we're just going to get consumed by it and we're going to channel that Mars Saturn pressure into getting some stuff done. But for others of us, there's going to be an increase in either maybe worry or concern or perhaps even a little bit more anxiety. And that's why I want to share it with listeners is so that if you do find, you know, mentally it's a little bit harder inside your brain or you're much more worried about something or you're fixated on something, uh, Wednesday the 23rd, Thursday the 24th, just have that in the back of your mind that Mercury is sort of going through rough territory. Um, it doesn't last. It just ne- Mercury just needs, you know, it's, it's very hard on those two days and then Cass is going to tell us a few days later how it's totally different altogether. Uh, so just to have that heads up that while Mercury Saturn can be great for making a clear decision that's cautious or that you've done your research about, and Mercury Mars can help with expressing things that sometimes you're too afraid to say, there can be a level of melancholy and or agitation that comes in with Mercury making these two slightly tricky aspects. What do you gals think? Have you looked at these? Are you? Um, do you have some thoughts to share for everyone as well? Yeah, yeah my- one thing... You go, Cass. You go, Cass. (laughs) How very Mercury and Libra Um, diplomatic of you both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, yeah. I mean, definitely I've sort of highlighted, you know, in my own mind that these, you know, know, Mercury matters, um, Mercurial people. It's going to be a little bit of a tricky time where, um, you know, Mercury is activating or has something to say about some of the toughest astrology that we're in right now. Mm. So it might be an outcome that or an agreement, a conversation, a message, an email or, mm. or a letter. Something comes through and you're like, WTF, like what do I do with this kind of thing? That being said, there is perhaps maybe a little bit of a glimmer of hope and, you know, Mercury is moving um, along speaker at this time. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, speaker is a fixed star and I'm not going to say that that's going to make everything, um, you know, all sunshine and roses, but speaker is a very protective influence. And so she might lend Mercury a little bit of her help or her support that while there may be tricky circumstances or difficult news to hear, it might be, you know, sometimes we have to 
hear something, read something, and we don't like it, we might have a conversation that is a little confronting for Mercury and Libra who would maybe not rather have that. But when you have that difficult conversation, you're better for it. You know, things are aired out or in the open in some way. So yeah, it's going to be heavy. It's going to be tough, but there may be a silver lining there. And it might be that situation where you go, oh God, I'm so glad I I had that conversation. May not feel good while you're talking it out but once mercury then kind of shifts you know away from these two planets and you're like phew you know okay i'm you know on the other side now and it wasn't as bad as i thought it would be possibly yep Uh, yeah well we as someone whose own natal mercury is caught up in all of this already i am saying watch out for all the mercury snafus which include it will, it, for me, it feels like a permanent Mercury retrograde right now. So I feel like there will be that kind of, you know, hiccups with any Mercury style mm. things. I think as well with this is don't shoot the messenger. Mm. You know, it's yeah. that sense of you may have, as you're saying, cast some information come to you and it could be that Mars in Aries retrograde knee jerk reaction of getting angry about it or flaring up about it or getting personally involved about it. And it's the the beauty of this, especially on the Thursday, is that by then the moon will be in Capricorn. So we will be able to kind of separate out from it a little bit and be a little bit more logical and rational about it all. But yeah, do the Mercury and Libra thing of going into your mind about things, thinking through things, not getting into the heated Mars in Aries style thing of it. And, you know, yes, the news may be bad, but as you were saying, Cass, it it's news we need to hear. It's a reality we need to hear. And it's not like it's brand new either. It's mm. kind of, ex- it's it's like an extra piece of information you're getting in about all of this, but it's, it's like, I don't know, like some emergencies happening at home. I keep thinking of that child's nursery rhyme, ladybird, ladybird, fly away home. Your house is on fire. Your children have gone. It's like, you want to know that your house is on fire so you can go and do something about it rather than just sitting, twiddling your thumbs going and having no idea. So hopefully the speaker stuff will help, but um, yeah, I don't know. Don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. That's great advice. And I like your points too, Cass, of like it's information that needs to be said or shared or it could even be clarifying about stuff that's been going on over the last four or five weeks because that Mars-Saturn entanglement, you know, it's really influencing all of us from almost mid-August until early October. So I like the piece you were saying, Cass, about Mercury sort of taking a megaphone and just letting Mars and Saturn speak or delivering their report or, you know, sharing their assessment of something that uh, maybe is a bit of a pill to swallow but needs, you you at least need to know the facts before you can figure out what you're going to do, you know, moving forward or handle the situation. Yeah, Yeah, and just one more point I want to make on this is that Mercury will square Saturn at the 25th degree and then Mercury will oppose Mars at the 26th. And I know, like, are we there yet? But just something that, you know, to put in your pocket for now, I guess, is that um, in November is that will be when Mercury stations direct in Libra at that 25th degree. Mm-hmm. So there may be something that happens at that time that may get replayed or sorted out. So it might be having to use... Um, Mercury in Libra on speaker, like that ultimate protection and power of negotiation or diplomacy Mm -hmm. and having to, you know, 
hey, like, you know, for example, um, you know, if it's a mercury, mercury, <laughs> I love now. it. Oh, mercury. Having a mercury sun moment while you're trying to talk about mercury. <laughs> Yeah, so whatever the agreement kind of is, it's like, you know, you might be in this like, oh, shit position because, you know, you're sort of besieged by Mars and Saturn, but you can maybe sweet talk your way out, come to a compromise or an agreement, and then, you know, things will come out in the wash maybe come November or, you know, things that were kind of like being deliberated on or considered um, or a decision made about it will, will come through in November. So there's just a link between events of this week and, of course, that will come through at the end of that Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. So just a little sidebar there. That's a really good point. Yeah, so the end of the Mercury retrograde will be right um, back at the end of Libra where Mercury mm-hmm. is making mm. this kind of difficult entanglement this week. So, yeah, that's a great point, Cass, that some of the stuff that comes up now is it could be information relating to events over the last few weeks, but might indicate something that isn't fully complete until early November, which is when Mercury will come back to this part of the sky. Yeah. Joy, just what we need, more of that back and forward, back and forth than those late cardinal degrees. So. <laughs> Cass, it's your turn to deliver the good yeah. news. Yeah, so Cass, okay. now you do have some good news about Mercury. Oh, yeah. Like, have we ever been so happy to have a go in Scorpio? Probably not. Yes. (laughs) Just to have it off axis from this, you know, cardinal, oh, it's like a ping pong, right? So Mercury in Scorpio. So Mercury moves into Scorpio on the 27th uh, across the board. And so Mercury in Scorpio is the sign that Mercury will eventually retrograde in, but that's for next time. So Mercury and Scorpio, you know, this is where, you know, the conversations that Mercury and Libra might want to gloss over or might want to avoid or not confront, you know, Mercury and Scorpio is, you know, I th- often I know like Sagittarius is a little bit more linked to truth-telling and journalism, but I often think about you know, when I read news today and you don't see journalists asking those hard-hitting, probing questions, you know, they're not trying to back uh, their interviewee into a corner anymore. And this is what, you know, Scorpio, Mercury and Scorpio can be very good at doing is that sort of almost that cross-examination and you're just like honestly speaking up or doing your thing and then you're backed into a corner. So, you know, this might be an area of life where you need to dig deeper, probe more, ask the questions. And, you know, and the beauty of Scorpio, it's also not afraid of the answer. So, mm. um, you know, if you need to know something, you know, Mercury's tour of Scorpio is a brilliant time to find it out. Um, and, you know, a lovely client of mine, she said to me in a session, she's, oh, navel gazing's become my extreme sport. And so <laughs> I loved that line. Love it. It was brilliant. And so, you know, Mercury in Scorpio can be, you know, thinking about the emotions or trying to uh, intellectualize some really deep emotion that, you know, maybe Mercury in Scorpio can be that almost like a dare to say a breath of fresh air, but a sense to go a little bit deeper and give our minds some time to process the the shit show that 2020 has been so far. So Mercury's off access to most of the drama and it might actually be a little bit of place where your mind can get still and start to maybe tap in a little bit like deeper into the body or into the belly and really start to 
to think and feel and process and kind of try and connect the dots between the, the mind and the emotions as well. So, yeah, I think this could be quite revelatory. Um, Mercury and Scorpio can be quite revelatory and this might really be that transit for uh, many of us because Mercury will be spending a little bit of extra long time in Scorpio this time. So, anywho, what about you girls? What are your thoughts around Mercury and Scorpio? Well, definitely time to talk about deep feelings, dark feelings, maybe uncomfortable feelings. I'm a bit partial to Mercury in a water sign, but I do also love how each water sign is so different. You know, we have uh, mm. the water sign ruled by the moon, Cancer. We have a water sign ruled by Jupiter, which is Pisces. And then we have another water sign ruled by Mars, which is Scorpio. So we're doing water things, feeling, emoting, being more sensitive, soulful, navel gazing, but we're doing it kind of with a Marsy water vibe. And that's where I think it can be like sharp insights or really getting to the heart of of an emotional situation. You know, Mars has that more specificity or that kind of, um, you know, directness. But I also think too, uh, you know, Scorpio is where we can have churning emotions or uncomfortable or difficult emotions. And so Mercury and Scorpio can be a great chance to think through, reflect on, or even get to the point of, of talking about. So I, I do think healing and therapeutic style conversations are great. Mm. And we're going to have lots of time because we have Mercury and Scorpio all through October and a big chunk of November. Keep in mind yeah. that while Mercury is in Scorpio, certainly, you know, as we're heading into Scorpio and through October, Mercury is starting to slow down because Mercury will go retrograde in October in Scorpio. And so it's that idea of I'm going deep and I need to go slower for a bit. So, you know, that can yeah. feel a bit like congestion, but it sometimes, as you were saying, Cass, like, you know, when you're not skating fast across the surface, then you have a chance to drop in and get a depth or a, a level of perception or awareness that normally we're moving too quickly for. So even though it might be uncomfortable, that like, you know, I, I've been talking a lot about Scorpio and client consoles this week and planets moving from Scorpio to Sag. And it's that idea of like, you know, when you, the Scorpio to me is like a swampy, you know, it's the dirty silt at the bottom of a pond or something. And it seems kind of mucky, but if you drop your ring in that, you know, muddiness, you've got to go looking through the silt to find the ring. And I think that's part of what, why sorting through the silty, mucky, you know, dirty stuff at the bottom has value. And that's, I think, sometimes what Scorpio can represent is there's a piece of gold down there or a nugget of insight, but you've got to sort through some of that gunky, mucky stuff to get it. It's worth it. It's just not a pleasant mm. process, if that makes sense. And that gunky, monkey stuff is usually very mineral rich. Yes, it's so mm. good for like gardens and composting. You know, it's, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff down there. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most of South America would be a desert if it wasn't for what is coming down, coming up from what upwells from the depths of the, of the trenches in the, on the coast there. Anyway, my previous <laughs> marine biology career <laughs> showing. Um, I'm going to be the voice of dissent in this. I'm not looking forward to Mar uh, Mercury Perfect. and Scorpio. And the reason being because it is looking to Mars, which is retrograde, and it is slowing down to go retrograde too. And I do remember even last year when Mercury was retrograde in Scorpio, I had a lot of clients coming with 
stories of past trauma mm-hmm. that was welling up that it was almost like you couldn't keep down anymore. And, yeah, you know, Mm. the richness does lie in there, but there is this feeling of frustration of, oh, do I have to go there again? I thought I was past this. Do I have to peel yet another layer off? And I think 2020 has been a year where a lot of us are having to face a lot of stuff anyway. So there is the catharsis of thinking through the deep emotions and the intensity that's there but it's not going to be pretty and it's not going to be easy. Um, I don't know. Like I really want to put a pretty spin on it and I think that, you know, you both have said some really lovely things, but I just get a sense of because of the fact that this is ruled by that Mars that's retrograde and being a bit beat up by Saturn and Pluto, um, especially in the early times, it's going to be like, oh, do I have to go here again? And so I think it's really that sense of, getting the things around you that bring you comfort, getting the people around you that you trust and not expecting too much of yourself, not trying to do all the things and be everything to everyone. Um, Me personally, I know at that time I've got a whole lot of things going on where I literally won't be going out for a series of weekends because I'm in this online um, spiritual kind of process going on. So, I've just realized that that's happening at that time. So it's those kind of things of the dwelling, the inner journeys, the the um, internalization. But, yeah, just to be ready for, I don't know, I keep thinking of um, Nemo, you know, in Finding Nemo where they swim down into the into the dark area and there's that monster with the light in front um, that they have oh, to try yeah. to get away from. So it's like, you know, when you swim down into those deep, dark trenches, you can't really see what's there and some beasties will seem bigger than they actually are. Um, so, yeah, just using the mercury to be logical about things as much as you can. But it is generally that when you're trying to build pathways between those two sides of the brain the logical and rational and the intuitive and the, um, the, you know, in the moment, the present creative, that's actually when real healing happens when those both, those two are pop there. So that is a potential of this transit. So. Yeah. I think we're all saying the same thing. I don't think any of us is saying this is going to be a happy time. I think we're all sort of talking about that process of having to go into like a deeper or, or uncomfortable territory. Like, you know, Scorpio is the Mars water sign. So it's, it's not happy emotions, it's difficult emotions and they need to be discussed. And, and that's, that's something you said, Leash. Um, I hear this from clients a lot is, oh, but I've already dealt with that. I I did therapy Mm. about that five years ago or 10 years ago. I'm like, that's fantastic. And you probably did as much healing about that thing as you were capable of five years ago or 10 years ago. But you've been living for another 10 years now and you've got different perspectives and different understandings. And, you know, if we're talking about, just as an example, stuff to do with being a child, for instance, or you being a child and now you're a parent, your perspective on these situations has changed and your ability to heal is now available at a totally different or deeper level, I guess. So sometimes it does feel like, oh, do we have to go there again? And and Mm. I agree that that is a huge part of healing is we need to revisit this because how you understand that is different now to how you would have understood it before. And that, that can take... It's so clarifying. It's like cleaning out the pipes, the psychological yep. congestion and the like how you feel after you've done that is so good even if you end up sobbing in your therapist's chair for a few weeks to to get there if that makes sense. 
Yeah, good point, Cal. It's a biggie. Yeah, I remember being told once when I had do we have to go there again <laughs> moment and I remember somebody said to me like uh, one of, you know, someone that I used to see on a professional like level said, well, you can lift the lid on it but you don't have to give it oxygen. But I think sometimes when Mercury comes into Scorpio, it will suck you down. Mm. And, you know, and this is a journey you're going on, ready or not, like it or not, but that's the, the mineral rich, um, you know, it's uncomfortable, it's itchy, scratchy, it's uh, not this old chestnut. And it also kind of reminds me a little bit of the, the idea that, you know, our whether it's traumas, our issues, our problems, they never really go anywhere. They never really go away. I think it's like the wisdom of experience and healing. Just it's like, okay, I just need another tool in my kit so I can manage this now. Yeah. You know, like when you go to the like, do I have to do this again? So no, you don't have to really do it again. You just need another, you know, it's like a chef going into the kitchen. It's like, well, I actually need this kind of knife to do this kind of job. And as you're saying, Kel, when you've got different perspectives and different experiences and those things rise up to the surface again, it's like, oh, I just need another tool to deal with this. I've got some knives, but this one's going to work better. You know, you can't really use a bread knife to, you know, descale a fish, for example. So, you know, it's, it's just about kind of Mercury and Scorpio getting a deeper understanding Mm. And uh, it's so much joy. <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> Sarcasm. <laughs> I've been just, the least resistant to the Scorpio uh, journeys out of the three of us over our course of our time together. But yeah, I, I, I can see I can see its value now. <laughs> And look, you reminded yeah. me of some, you, as you were talking, then you reminded me of some of the more practical ways to use this Mercury and Scorpio, which is to go on a research deep dive. You know, this is um, Mercury and Scorpio is awesome at, you know, just burrowing in and getting underneath and trying to really get in on them. So, so if there's some kind of research you have to do or somewhere where you really have to lift the carpet and get underneath something, this is an awesome energy to be able to do that under too. Mm. So. Yeah, it doesn't always have yeah, to be the therapist it. couch. That's yeah, you know, totally. No. It's like investigative yeah. journalism or something. It's yeah. just anything that involves digging or going further or like turning over those proverbial stones. What's underneath here? Okay, but what's yeah. underneath that? Okay, what's underneath that? It could be your financial stuff. It could be family stuff. It could mm. be literally what's underneath your apartment or your house or what's under the roof of your car and you're figuring out something about your car in a much more level of detail. Um, it's just... Don't stop digging. Actually, I had a client, I think, who the last Mercury retrograde in Scorpio in their fourth house, their house, they had literally had to dig up the pipes under their house because of flooding. So, yeah, mm. yeah that's a literal manifestation of what can happen, but it doesn't have to. But, yeah, there's that sense of. Yes, I have a gross story about Scorpio and pipes and plumbing and sewerage in one's basement. So, yes, sometimes it's literal and sometimes it's symbolic. And yep. the end result is you clean a bit of shit out of something, basically. Yep. <laughs> Cleanse it out. Keep it going. Yeah. Cool. So, so that's it. I think we're at the end. What do you girls got coming up during this period? 
I we, we're going. This will be September 14th. So I've got my new um, online astrology course starting on September 14. It is an intermediate level course about chart interpretation, where we'll be looking at things like the moon phases, fixed stars, and the role of sect on aspects. Uh, so that'll be a four part online training. So the info about that, if you're interested, is on my website, kellysastrology.com. What about you, gals? Thishi. I will have my Virgo new moon magic workshop. So yeah, next level of that. So for anyone that um, wants to join in, this isn't just looking at the new moon itself, it's looking at the whole phases. So it's going through the first quarter, the full and the last quarter to really maximize the value of the moon's movement each month. So yeah, um, hop onto my website to find out more about that. What about you, Cass? Well, I am still running my Mars retrograde circle, so that's in process right now, which is wonderful. And on Thursday, October 1, so next fortnight, I'll be doing um, aspects for four weeks. So if you're wanting to learn more about traditional aspects, how to use them, how to apply them, how they change your planetary interpretations, um, yeah, sign up. It's All the details are there on my website. Awesome. And all the details for all these courses are actually in the notes section um, as well. So feel free to scroll on down. You don't actually have to find our video, um, our URLs to get there. So thanks, gals. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe, um, share with friends, like the episode, comment below. We always love to hear from you. All right. See you everyone next time. Bye. Have a great fortnight. Bye.